Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Come On Pod, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends. Damla. And Elliot. Hello. Nah, Elliot, what the heck happened this weekend? Um, oh, I went, uh, I went to my parents, um, watched Strictly Come Dancing, uh, and then uh, I was unwell more on Sunday and then just kind of, you know, went to bed. Uh, so nothing particularly exciting. Anything happened to you? Not much. I mean, met Jodie Whittaker and David Tennant, but you know, it's just a normal Sunday. No, humble brag. Because they're my best friends. They're my best friends, so I see them all the time. Yeah, just a fresh mange. Just a just just at a uh, avocado, just at a cafe Nero, you know. <laughs> uh, Tell us all about it. Yeah, so guys, before we get into any of that, if you don't mind, I'm just going to indulge myself and talk about Comic-Con because it was wonderful. It was a wonderful thing and I hope that Elliot and I can do it together someday. I really want to do it with you, Elliot. It would be so much fun. It would be so much fun, but instead I can look at the photos and get jealous. So I'll tell you what happened, yeah? Cast your minds back. Actually, no, I'm going to cast my mind back. You don't, you don't, know, you don't have my brain. Um, <laughs> so I was looking. So London Comic Con winter were like, we've got David Tennant. And I was like, cool, nice one. And then they were like, we have Jodie Whittaker. And I was like, sick, mate. Love that for you. And then they had Matt Smith. And I was like, incredible, amazing stuff. Shame I'm not going because it's fucking expensive. Sorry, can I just say this? Comic Con is so inaccessible. Oh yeah, it's I, insane. It's actually most of the reason why I didn't go, especially to this one, is because of where it is. By the time you factor in, like even even where I live, which is South Wales, right? Even the Wales Comic Con, first of all, is not held in Wales; it's held in Telford. Um, the cost to travel there and the cost to stay overnight 
when you've not even factored in your tickets and other things is insane. Like, listen, yeah, you're paying to get in, you're paying to meet the person, and you're paying for, like, your JPEG of your photo that you take with them. It's a whole thing. Honestly, disgusting. It's actually kind of gross. But you know what? We move. So, <laughs> so, I'll tell you what happened. My mum and I were having a chat, as we always do, because we're besties, and she was like, what do you want for Christmas? And I was like, literally nothing. Like, I'm at that age now where it's like, I just don't want anything. Um, except Doctor Who figures, always Doctor Who figures. Um, At that age where you don't want anything except Doctor Who figures, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's one of them ones. And um, she was like, well, you said you wanted to go to that Comic Con. Like, do you want any money for that? And I was like, I mean, if you're offering. <laughs> and I was like, you know, David Tennant's going to be there. Jodie Whittaker's going to be there. Matt Smith was too expensive. That wasn't even in the question. That wasn't even in the scenario. That wasn't even in the equation. Do you mean Matt Smith was too attractive? Yeah, I would have just fainted. I mean, I've already met the man, but that's a different story for another day. If you want to hear it, let me know. Um, So, and plus, David and Jodie were on Sunday. I'm not going Saturday and Sunday. That's insane. Um, People who can do that, and you've got the mental capacity for it, well done. Anyway, so she was like, look, you've wanted to meet David Tennant since you were eight years old. Like, this is 15, 16 years in the making here. I'll just pay for you to meet him, like his get his autograph. Because taking a photo with him, that's still something mentally I can't comp- like actually comprehend. So that wasn't going to happen. And then I was like, well, I, don't, I, I can't take a photo of Jodie either. I, I, let me just go there and get some autographs. So she gave me some money for it. And I was like, I also want to meet Colin. And she was like, go on then. So she gave me some money. And I was like, "Ugh, mum, you're the best. She is the best. She is. She really is. So I got up at 5 a.m., got there at 7 a.m. And I was raring to go, okay? I get in the building, go straight to the autograph section. I get my little ticket, my little VQ, virtual queue ticket for David Tennant. I'm 138 in the queue, if anyone's wondering. This will be relevant in a second. Then I run over to Jodie and hers are running out real quick. And I'm like, wow, I only just got in the building. Okay, we're really, it's really, really that serious. So I grab a ticket. Well, no, there's the guy who's giving out the Jodie tickets refuses to give me one for some reason. And I don't know why. To this day, I don't know what your vendetta is. Maybe you hate the podcast. Well, I hate you. That's that. Um. Anyway, so he finally gives me one and I'm like, fucking hell, I've been waiting. And then um, I'm like 140 something. I'm waiting. I'm waiting around. And I have, okay, look, I haven't been to Comic Con since I was 14. Okay. It's been a flopping while. And because it's expensive, that's why. And I, I'm, again, I only went because of my mom. Shout out to my mother. Um, so I'm waiting there. I'm asking these, these autograph people, when, you know, when is the autograph going to happen? And we don't know. It's, it's, it's all a bit of a mess. I'm not going to lie. The organization wasn't on fleek. When was the last time anyone said on fleek? That's <laughs> that is a throwback. That. So, no, that was a throwback. Oh my God. Anyway, so <laughs> I haven't said that in like seven years. Anyway, so anyway, duh, 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 duh. I'm sitting there contemplating my existence and I'm like, look, I could sit here or I could be a girl boss. Do you know what I did? I had a look and a photo with Jodie was the same price as an autograph. And I was like, look, I at least want to meet one of them right now i can't wait till like five in the evening to meet them this is ridiculous so i buy a photo with jody and luckily my hair and my makeup were actually popping off that day so it was actually fine so within buying a ticket to meet jody and meeting her it was like 10 minutes it was insane it was the scenes the scenes so 
the guy lets me in early in the queue. I'm in batch seven. He called out batch six, but he was like, go on, get in the line. And I was like, oh, you're a star. I get in there and Jodie's standing there looking radiant. That woman, again, Jodie, I'm free on Thursday when I'm free, okay? I, I love you. I love you so much. She's there with her denim jumpsuit, her rainbow laces, serving and giving as always. And I'm going up to her. It's it's almost my turn. I'm looking at her. I'm like, oh my God. And also, we could talk about how at Comic Cons, these photos are rushed to hell. Like, I just paid £70 to meet you. I want a second, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Then I go up to her and I don't know what possessed me, but I was like, hello, my love. Literally a phrase I've never heard you say. Like, but it's also like, she's my best friend, so it's fine. Because we always talk about, we always talk about that to each other. It's very Miranda Hart. It's very Miranda Hart. Um, like you sound like Miranda Hart saying hello, my love. I don't know why. Thank you so much. That's actually a compliment. Thank you. Um, with veritable chums. <laughs> yeah, with. Um, anyway, so I'm like, hello, my love. And she's like, hi. And I'm like, how are you? And she's like, I'm good. How are you? And I was like, can we do like a hug photo? And she was like, yeah, go on then. <laughs> and then she gives me a nice little squeeze. And we take a photo. And I tell her, I'm like, thank you so much. And she's like, no, thank you so much. And I'm just like, oh my God. And I walk away and I, my heart, I'm honestly, guys, it sounds really cheesy, but my heart has still full from that, from Sunday. Also, when this comes out, this would have been like two weeks afterwards or something like that. Timey-wimey. But honestly, my life was made in that moment. That woman, if anyone chats shit about my girl yet, I'll fucking find you and kill you. That woman deserves every bit of positivity and everything good that comes to her. She is an absolute sweetheart. She was a darling to every single person she met. Honestly, what a woman, what a lady, my best friend. Jodie Whisker is my best friend. I've got to say, favourite photos that I've seen from the event are the the tableau, the, the amazing triple threat of Katie Manning, Sylvester McCoy, and Jodie Whittaker in separate photos with uh, a Twitter user. And I forget their name. I will now try and find them uh, with all of them holding the trans flag aloft. Oh, my God, yes. Uh-huh. Sylvester, Sylvester McCoy holding the trans flag is beautiful. Um, and the thing yeah, is, have I'll you seen the tweet? Because the Twitter user... Yeah, I, I can't remember what... I can't remember what they they said that um, Sylvester said, but it was very sweet. Well, I know. I remember. So Sylvester was, like, Down genuinely was. interested in the flag and what it represented and was like, so what's this flag? And then this person explains what the flag is and then Sylvester's like, yes, let's go. Because he's fucking adorable and amazing. Well, speaking of Sylvester, lovely segue there, my friend. So I'm at Sylvester as well. Now here's the gag goodle and doodle. I thought Colin Baker was there on Sunday. I effed up. He was there on Saturday. My mistake. I was actually quite sad about it. I was really looking forward to meeting Colin. But we move, and I was like, well, I can meet Sylvester then. So, first person I met, actually, I should have started with Sylvester, but, you know, we don't do anything in order on this podcast. And he was sitting there, beginning of the day, in his little TARDIS explosion waistcoat. You know, the Vincent painting. I love that, because it's got nothing to do with him at all. Yeah. And he wears it all the time. I love it so much. I mean, it's it's in the foreground. He has it on an apron as well, um, in the Shooty Gatwa video. That unique video that I always reference. Welcome, Shitty Gatwa. Welcome to our unique club, the Doctor Who Club. 
there's like three people waiting to meet him and I'm like, they, they take photos of him at the table as well and I haven't because I'm an idiot and I'm nervous and I didn't want to bother the man. Not that he was bothered because he was doing it with everyone, but you know, you just get nervous, don't you? Yeah, um, I'd, for- I'd forget and I'd be like, oh, I can't go back and ask. Yeah. I go up to him and I'm like, hello, how are you? And he's like, hello, how are you? And I'm like, oh my God, his voice is amazing in real life. Can I just say it's even better in person and he's so small and so cute and I just wanted to squeeze his little face, honestly. <laughs> anyway, and then I'm like, ooh, which photo to pick? You, uh, They're all so lovely. Um, And then I pick uh, a screenshot from Power of the Doctor, which I regret because it's slightly pixelated, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And then he's signing my photo and he's like, how do, you, how do I spell your name? And I spell it. And then he asked me something and I don't hear it. And I'm like, oh God, this is so embarrassing. And I'm like, sorry, what did you say? And he's like, oh, it's a lovely name. Where is it from? And I was like, oh, it's from I'm Turkish. It's Turkish. And he was like, oh, that's lovely. And I was like, well, thank you so much. And he was like, have a good day. And I was like, no, you have a good day. Thank you so much. And I walked away and I was like, oh my God, imagine being that wonderful. And then, and then, Elliot, I'm sorry, I'm going to apologize. I'm already welling up. I've cried about three times over this. Every time I talk about it, I well up. So I'm really sorry if I get emotional because it really is really emotional for me. You just like forget and then you just sort of like, yeah, go to make a sandwich and you're like, oh my God, I'm it. David Tennant and stop crying. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I've really droned on here. I'll, I'll, I'll shorten it in the edit. You know this. I've got my autograph ticket for David Tennant. And I don't think I'm going to meet him at this rate because they're saying to people like, look, the diamond pass holders, they're, they're the people who've paid for the full sh- shablam, you know, like 200 something pounds. Yes, you are the priority here. That is the correct thing to do. But also I'm like, I really hope I get an autograph. So I'm sitting at this autograph station all the live long bloody day. And they're not calling the autograph tickets. And I'm screaming in my head. Obviously, I'm not screaming out loud. That'd be weird. And suddenly, at 3.50, so I'm thinking at 5, I'm going to meet him. At 3.50 p.m., they start calling out autograph tickets. Now, let's bear in mind, I'm number 138, okay? And he starts going, 1 to 10. Gives it like a five-minute pause. 1 to 20. 1 to 30. And not a lot of people were there early in the day. So they weren't really coming up. So the numbers were like kind of growing. And I was like, but, and they were like, you know, if you don't get called now, you have to come back at five. I'm panicking. I'm sweating. You know, it's crunch time, baby. It's happening now or it's happening at five or it's not happening at all. And then they start going one to a hundred. And I'm like, oh my God. Bear in mind, I can see David at this point. He's signing stuff. I can see the man sitting there and I'm dying like dead. And then they went, one to 120, one to 130. And he just paused for so long. And I was like, stop it now. Don't tell me you're going to stop right before my thing. And then that he, he was Scottish, this guy at Comic-Con. He was like, one to 140. And I literally, I went, yes, out loud. I couldn't help it. I was so happy. <laughs> I run over, I give him my ticket and I hand over my cash and it hurt because it was so expensive. David, I love you, but what the fuck? So expensive. And I bought um, a lovely print at Comic-Con. We will link the artist in the show notes. I can't remember their name right now, but we will link them. I bought a gorgeous, gorgeous painting of David. It's amazing. And I got that ready to sign. And I'm walking up and he's just sitting there. And he's so wonderful. He's talking to everyone. He's being so gracious and so patient with everyone. He's actually giving them the time of day. Do you know what I mean? There was this lady in front of me who was like screaming in his face though. And I was like, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Um, but he was still being so lovely to her and stuff. 
And then it's like, I'm the, I'm, you know, I'm like the, the, I'm the penultimate person in this situation. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And the ladies that are like with him the whole day, like the the coordinators of the event, they're like, hi. And I'm like, hello. Da, da, da. And then bear in mind, in my head, I'm going mad. But in the front, or on the, the front I'm putting on, I am very, very calm and very, very cool. I think I was anyway, because I don't want to, he's a human. I don't want to make him feel awkward, you know? And then he goes, hello. And I'm like, hi, David, how are you? And he's like, I'm good, how are you? And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm good. Um, and he starts signing my thing and I'm looking at him and I just go, I saw you in Good a few weeks ago and I thought it was really brilliant and you were so great. And he just like paused and he was like, thank you so much, I really appreciate that. Like, he, he sounded really surprised. And I was like, no, honestly, it was brilliant. It was so, so good. And then um, he's like finishing signing off. And then he like looks up he just looks into my face and goes, thank you so much for coming today. I really appreciate it. Like, I really appreciate it. And I was like, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. And I was like, have the best day. And he was like, thank you so much. Have a good day. And then I walked off and the your girl started crying. I fully started sobbing. I was not okay. I was not okay. It's good though. I'm glad that I don't. I don't. I don't sound negative. Yeah, it's but it's so it's so staged, right? You know, you're, you're yeah, yeah, paying for a minor interaction, and I just feel like I couldn't even imagine doing all of that for someone just to be low energy. And it's so lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they are actually, you know, even if they're not being sincere, right? It doesn't matter because they're making that. Yeah, they're making that interaction positive, and it's really nice to hear. Because it would be so, it would be so disappointing, wouldn't it? You know, if they were, if he was just like, "Oh yeah, hi, I'll sign that for you. Cool, thank you," and you sort of be like, oh. "I mean, yeah, it's." Do you know what? You're so right. You're you're so so right. And it's like you have to understand these people are meeting over a thousand people in a day. That is a lot of mental stuff going on for them. It's just a lot to go through. And the fact that like they all gave their hundred and ten percent to everyone they were speaking to, I just really appreciated it. And yeah. it's like also idolizing someone for 16 with, with David, idolizing him for like 16 years of my life and him being everything I wanted him to be. It was very, it was very emotional and I'm going to stop talking about it because I'm already welling up and it just, it's really emotional. And um, he's wonderful. Jody's wonderful. Sylvester is iconic. I love all three of them very dearly. Yeah. Also um, it was really interesting because someone messaged the pod saying that they recognized me at, comic-con and didn't know whether to come up to me or not first of all if that ever happened which is insane please come up to me love that love that kind of thing <laughs> yeah, Daniel's incredibly approachable i'm also incredibly approachable but i a don't look it and b my face is less on the podcast stuff not for any reason other than just Daniel is the more conventionally good looking one. Oh, oh please girl don't don't even but you know what's so funny as well? Last thing I'll say, because I've been whittling on for too long now, like way too long. Um, I saw a few people on TikTok who were like mutual followers and like mutual friends and things like that. Not friends, but like, you know, we follow each other. Well, I like to think you're my friend, but um, I was <laughs> too nervous to say hi to them. So if that was one of you, I'm really sorry, but I just didn't want to bother you and I didn't want to be awkward. So anyway, thank you for letting me talk about that because it was a really, very special thing and I really wanted to share it with everyone. Um, but we've had some lovely emails again. Guys, I really can't stress enough how overwhelming it is that people actually listen to this podcast. It's really actually mad. There are a hell of a lot of you waiting to have your emails read out, and we really apologise. Everybody that I've replied to, 
I have apologised for there being a backlog because you're all wonderful and you keep getting in touch, which is amazing, but it means uh, we're only now getting back to some of them on air. So I do apologise. There's going to be a backlog for a while. Really sorry. But it's because you're all wonderful and you keep getting in touch and we love it and we don't want you to stop. So I don't care if the backlog takes us two years. I want you to keep emailing in. Everyone will get read out. It's going to happen. I promise you. Even if you have to do one episode where we read out just emails, we'll do it. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, if we have to do a letters episode, that'll be great fun. That would actually be really fun. It would. Like Q&A. Q&A, you know? Oh my God, maybe we'll do a Q&A on our first anniversary. Who knows? That'd be lovely. That'd be lovely. So up top we have a beautiful, short and sweet email from Emily, and it goes as follows. Hi, Damler and Elliot. Thank you for providing my newest podcast addiction. You're making my commute to and from work so much more interesting and making me fall back in love with my once favourite TV show. I found you guys on TikTok about a month ago and I've listened to every episode. I agree with you on so many points and I look forward to hearing your opinions on all episodes. Appreciate you both. From Emily. Emily, we appreciate you. Emily, thank you so much, my love. Honestly, commuting without being able to listen to something is horrible and I'm glad that we can scratch that itch because it's the main reason I listen to podcasts honestly and I'm really happy to be a commuting podcast that's what I want I actually take I actually that actually means a lot that actually is a massive compliment thank you yeah and I can't believe you listen to every episode it's insane and it's no it's really insane we're glad that you found us through TikTok and we also can't wait to speak about every episode because every episode will be covered every single episode I mean, all of them. Ever. Ever. Sounds like a threat. You want me? <laughs> and our second email here is from Zach. And Zach says... Zachy boy! Zachy! Uh, Zachy! Zach says... Dear Damler and Elliot, I hope this email finds you well, question mark. Uh, yes, yes it does. Thank you, Zach. I just wanted to say how happy I am to have found your podcast and the absolute joy it gives me to listen to you to discuss my favourite thing ever and hear all of my personal opinions affirmed. Well, that's what we're here for, is to validate our own opinions. And if we can validate yours along the way, it's pretty good. Beautiful. I'm a second year university student and struggle with anxiety and depression. I'm always listening to your podcast when I'm cooking in my kitchen or walking to university or just need a break. It provides me with so much comfort and peace to hear you talk passionately about Doctor Who. And to hear you have such a wonderful time and an amazing friendship. Well, that one's up for debate. Um, kidding. Ha. Kidding. We love each other. Love you. Me too. And um, I believe I, I, did, I did email you back. I do email everybody back with things personally related to the email as well, just in case we don't get time to read it out on air. But, you know... I was, at, I was at university, Dan was at university, it's where we met. Uh, I did not have a particularly fun time at university. I was incredibly anxious all the time, especially in shared communal spaces in my flat. So I know exactly how you feel, Zach, and I'm really yeah, glad yeah, yeah, that we are able to offer you a level of comfort for issues that you may be facing whilst at university. And I'm pretty sure I said this in the email, but just remember, you know, we are your friends. We are yeah, your lovely friends who are just here to talk to you about Doctor Who, and yeah, we're not we're not professionals, but you know, you're always more than welcome to email us, DM us if you just want to chat about Doctor Who or anything in general. We're always open. We also really appreciate it when you guys 
Like, there's a few of you guys have shared some really lovely and personal things with us. And we're not going to read all of them out because we've we've been asked not to. But, like, it's, like, we really... It means a lot to us when you guys share stuff with us. And, like, not that you have to, but, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's mad to think that you guys really find peace and, like, a safe space with our podcast, which is exactly what we wanted, you know? Yeah. And, like I say, you know, we're not professionals, but people have asked questions and certain things. And we will always help if we can you know even if it's just trying to offer a, a piece of advice we don't mind yeah it honestly doesn't it doesn't phase us we're not upset by yeah, it yeah, yeah. we we welcome it you know if there's something that you're struggling with and and weirdly you feel like we're the only people you can reach out to you know it, that's absolutely fine and yeah we might not be able to offer you the help that you might need but we're always here to be a source of comfort even if that's through email mm-hmm. rather than just through listening to our episodes. Exactly. That goes for everyone, yeah. Everybody who listens to this. And our final one here is from L. And they say, Hi, you lovely pair of humans. My name is L. They stroke them. By Polyhoovian. Wait. Same. Did I write this email? <laughs> I'm listening to your newest episode, School Reunion, as I write this email. This is how big the backlog is. I'm so sorry, Al. I started listening to your podcast this week, and now I've listened to the backlog. I am waiting like a fucking 90s heathen, so naughty's heathen, for you to put out new episodes every week. Uh, obviously, that's <laughs> no shade to you. I know you work really hard, and I'm so grateful. Uh, I thought it might warm your cockle to read me gush over Come Along Pond Pod. Uh, I'm disabled, and one of the things I suffer with is anxiety around sleeping, so I'm always looking for new things to fall asleep to, which is very difficult to find. Your podcast is my new go-to. I've tried mindfulness, but it's too boring, and true crime, but it gives me nightmares. Come Along Pond is perfect. I find your conversations really soothing, which might sound weird, but it's true, and your commentary has made me laugh out loud on multiple occasions. I just want to say thank you so much. You've got a ride-or-die fan in me. I can't wait to hear more of your stuff. All the best. L. Oh, that's Elle, just lovely. You are a naughty season, but you're adorable and we love it. Thank you so much. Also, would love to know the multiple occasions that have made you laugh out loud, because I desire the uh, feedback. It's all probably Elliot, because you're pretty funny. <laughs> that was just nothing. What are you doing, Stephen? <laughs> doing, Steve? Yeah. Uh, we always reference ourselves. It's quite sad. Anyway. <laughs> all of our thank jokes. Thank you. Our, our jokes. But it literally yes. is. I mean, the, the biggest one is for you, for me. Um, it's, it's, if you ever it's... had merch, which I don't think we ever would, it would always be a one t-shirt saying for me and the other one saying for you. <laughs> oh, well, now you said it. In in several years, mm. if it's ever big enough, merch coming, obviously. Yeah, that that's, that's what will happen. But thank you so much. And you caught us a lovely pair of humans. Well, you're a lovely human. Well... That, that 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 we you know, babe. I think it's just time to get into the episode now, isn't it? We've I've oh well, I've been rattling long enough. I know that much. You are my way, doll. Is there any other way to go, Daddy O?
So, what are we talking about today, babe? What episode are we talking about? Today we are talking about Series 2, Episode 8 by our count, which does include The Christmas Invasion, The Idiot's Lantern. It was broadcast on the 27th of May 2006. It was directed by A. Ross Lim and written by Mark Gatiss. Yes, I say Gatiss. This is his best episode. I'm just going to say right up top. Oh yeah, I mean, before we do our usual segment, that is my first note, says the way this is Mark Gatiss's only good TV episode of Doctor Who. Anyway. Anyway. But, Elliot, I know what this episode's about. I know what Google thinks it's about. I know what Twitter thinks it's about. Hell, I know what IMDb thinks it's about. But, you naughty little thing, <laughs> what do you think it's about? I was trying to give wire energy. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, I can't be the one. No one can be Maureen Lippman. No one can. I'm sorry. I tried. But anyway. She is stunning, to be fair. What do you think it's about, babe? This episode really said... Sorry. It was something funny. <laughs> no, I loved what you said. This episode really said... This episode really said... Do you think Queen Elizabeth had girl power? Well, of course she did. Do you think she effectively utilised that girl power when ravaging death and horror across colonised nations. Well, I don't know about that. That's a, a reference to Eric Andre, if anybody's ever seen that. You know, the, the, do, you think Margaret Thatcher had, do you think Margaret Thatcher had girl power? Oh, absolutely. Do you think she effectively utilised that girl power by funneling money into paramilitary death squads in Northern Ireland? Well, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> didn't stutter, babe. You didn't stutter. Absolutely. But it's also about... Gross, toxic men getting their comeuppances. Damla, what do you think the episode's about? Well, what I think the episode's about is always calling out a nasty, disgusting, toxic, misogynistic man whenever you have the chance. Just do it. Even if it's just a quiet room in the library and a guy's giving... You know, a man is just mansplaining to you. Or wherever it is, just always call out. Just always call out men when you have the chance. Just do it. I am talking! And I'm not listening! Excellent. I have a, a lot of thoughts about a lot of things in this episode. God, Mark was having a blast. An absolute blast. He was. Is it good? No. Is it fun? Oh, yep, mostly. Well, see, I have to disagree with you. I think this is a really good episode. I genuinely do. I don't think it's bad. I just think... That if it wasn't having as much fun as it was having, I'd like it a lot less. Fair enough. It makes some choices. I'm going to say this right now, though. This episode would not be what it is without Billy and David. My God, they are the backbone of this whole thing. They are the stars of I the mean, show. I mean, oh God, like, oh God, like the way they're dressed, their hair, you know, you go my way down, you know, all that. They are having the time of their lives riding around a. Cardiff cul-de-sac on a Vespa. It's insane. It's insane how much fun it is. It's really... It's so wholesome and so lovely. And I just... There's so many... Honestly, these two... Finest comedy. The finest comedy acting I've seen. Honest to God. I mean, they are great. But top spot for best character for me. Always. Rita's mum. Tommy's grandma. Sweet little old lady. Love her to death. And the figure that no one wanted. 
but I kind of do. She's great. I mean, I've got it. I do have it. But as, as she says, TV turns your brain to soup. Now, she probably means... That's what television does. Tomato or, you know, chicken and mushroom. But as we all know, ours is minestrone. Minestrone. Full of beans. She doesn't know what minestrone is. She's a 1953 woman. <laughs> no, but honestly, that little family dynamic, the way they set that up is really interesting. Yeah, I love that. Just sat around, listened to the radio. Before we get into the funny stuff, because most of this episode is not that serious. Actually, no, that's a lie. It is. But it's like, before we get into the really fun stuff, I just want to talk about how I love... I love how this episode deals with the idea of, you know, family roles, societal roles and reputation back then. Um, Especially, obviously, Mr. Connolly is kind of the embodiment of that in this episode. I really like it up until a really specific point. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but I will save it until that moment happens. And then hear your thoughts on it. But that's way in the future. Yeah. Well, Jamie Foreman, the guy who plays Mr. Connolly, he's great in this. He's so great. Yeah, I have a note somewhere. He's a good actor. He's like always a villain in everything. Um, because he does it so well. He's also incredibly hammy in the best way possible. It just works, you know? Sometimes it's a little, like, okay, dude. Like, um... The moment OTT, always... OTT. Yeah, yeah, like, it, not in a bad way, because he's, he's clearly having fun, and, you know, they're going for that kind of thing. But uh, the one that always gets me is when um, he's talking to Tommy and Rita, and she, like, finishes her sentence and stands there for a couple seconds in silence, and then he just goes, I am talking! I'm like, well, no one, okay, but you're not, and neither's your wife, no one's interrupted you. Yeah. But it's just like his catchphrase. He's just got a catchphrase. One of my favourite things he says is, a little bit of hush. A little bit of hush. Yeah, yeah, after he's been, like, screaming his head <laughs> off. I actually yeah, literally, really, like, you're the one who was screaming, babe. I actually really like, um, and it, it's only, like, ten seconds, but I really like... The one moment where he's kind of wholesome when they first get the TV and he's like, Blimey, look at that. That is smashing. That is, you'd think they're in the room with you, wouldn't you? Like that. Yeah. Like, that's really yeah, like, great. you just get that little glimpse of going, oh, look, if you weren't a complete <laughs> like, you'd be great. <laughs> no, but like, I think it it also really highlights how eerie it is. Like, you yeah, know, they're both they can... sitting there, like, return Tommy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They can um... switch and yeah, and they can, yeah. And, you, and even though... Rita and Tommy are sort of in, mostly in fear because of what's happened to Nan upstairs. It's kind of that, yeah. like, having to live in fear because for, at the moment he's being nice and joyful and you don't want to say anything because it then might set him off to be not very nice. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So in terms of Mr. Connolly and the way he treats Rita and Tommy, it's insane how they kind of get that distilled vibe energy of like you know obviously because he's quite abusive Mm. emotionally I don't know about physically I can't say anything maybe I think they were hinting to that a little bit I mean without wanting to jump all the way ahead my favourite character every time until a moment when I forget is lovely Aunt Betty you go oh she seems really sweet and then she tells um uh, she tells him to 
to, to beat, beat him. Beat yeah. beat the gayness out of Tommy because he's a little bit of a mummy's boy. Insane. The 1950s, everybody. A time that a lot of people really want to return to. Terrifying. Vintage style, not values. Oh yeah, for sure. But like again, it's it's a relevant comment though, just to kind of highlight where we were in society and everything. Um, obviously, we still kind of are, but you so know, saying how much we've not moved on, and not because we've not made progress, but because there are lots of people who idolize this period of history. And you know what? That just shows your privilege. But well, that's for a story. That's a discussion for another day. Um, but yeah, so it is just interesting how you know Mark's written this and how it's been directed, and like uh, th- th- they've really instilled this vibe in this house. And also, shout out to production design because I feel like the house it gives you know it's of the period, but it also just has this energy of like there's this house is broken. This house mm. is quite barren and quite. You know, it's very like it's like it's almost like a postcard, which is what Mr. Connolly wants, right? Yeah, like it, it lacks personality in a way that you sort of see. That's it. That's it. Uh, not in a bad way, but you know, in a way that you sort of see a lot of those older homes where there's no sort of flourishes or touches because you know, the wife who stays at home and does the interior decorating is not sort of she's not allowed her own ideas and thoughts, and she's not allowed to put her own flourish yeah, on things. Yeah, yeah. It just has to be, you know, whatever's. Out of the catalogue, whatever, every, whatever everybody else has, especially Miss Connolly as well, being so obsessed with what the neighbours may say, it's probably got to be latest trends and fashions and everything, you know. I I just really like this this kind of this exploration of these ideas about you know your role in society and like the pressure that obviously Mister Connolly feels, but also how he executes how he feels like do you know what i mean i'm not making sense but i am in the same in the same way i don't know do do you know what i mean there is a scene later on that i think handles it really well yeah which we will get to but yeah so i think the way they executed that whole idea of like family roles societal roles reputation like i said you know i think it was really important that it wasn't ignored that's all i'll say about that no i agree i'm really glad that we didn't just have a sort of nostalgia-filled trip back to the 50s where everything was cool and it was amazing because it was the 50s and you had 50s music and you know, yeah. almost like what they are going to go and do in New York, right, which is this really sort of celebratory, ah, oh, the 50s and it's Elvis and quiffs and hamburgers and milkshakes rather than... Yeah, 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 yeah. I think a lot of our perspective as a culture actually in the 50s is, is based on American culture and actually 50s Britain was fucking horrible. It was bleak and people were still rationing and it was like a horrible horrible time to be alive i'm not saying the 50s in america was any better but it kind of has this like smiley sheen over the top of it but like yeah 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 Britain yeah, yeah. in the 50s was incredibly incredibly terrible and i'm glad that we don't do same with the 60s as well to be honest like and the 70s everything is all americanized but like britain for all of those decades was incredibly horrible um as it's still well said sorry yeah. i hate our little island a grey, miserable, little transphobic piece of shit island. No, honestly, really well said because it's so true. Like anytime you know we talk, a lot of people talk about the past. They, well, people who are privileged and usually white have a really specific lens, and it's like past is another country, Rose. Yeah. Um. But exactly. yeah, it's, but yeah, it's kind of grim, and so I'm just glad that it doesn't indulge in some things like maybe I don't know, victory of the Daleks or whatever does with uh, Churchill. 
Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there because we'll, we'll get there. Wow. Get there, Mark again. <laughs> oh yeah, he wrote that, didn't he? Yeah, I just remember that. Come on, Mark. What are you doing? Come on, Mark. Flipping hell. Anyway, speaking of putting problematic people in their place. <laughs> Introducing Detective Rose and Ten, who are giving, and this is the most they've ever given. Fight me. This is, this is. They are, they are feminist icons doing God's work in this. Can I just say, um, it yeah. is canonical in this episode that Rose Tyler likes chest hair, and that has been duly noted in my mind. So she says, what she says, oh, this gets out of the TARDIS, says the Doctor. You know, I thought we were going to, you know, the, the 70s or whatever, you know, all flares and sort of chest hair. And then she kind of makes a noise where she's like, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a downs. It's in, no, it's. never downs a chest hair kind of person. And then they talk about, you know, Cliff, uh, Cliff Richards and like how Jackie loves Cliff Richard because obviously she would. I love her. Just, oh, of course, your mother's a Cliff fan. It's great. Um. I just okay. Can we just go to my favourite thing in this episode when they go to Mister Connolly's house? Because obviously they're trying to figure out what's going on and why people are being taken in the middle of the day, like random. Um, the whole scene at the Connolly house keep has has kept me fed for these last few years. My goodness! Hi, hi. <laughs> It's so good, and then it's like, oh, they're just so great because they know that he's a dick, mm-hmm. and they're like, they're just they're rubbing it in, and it's like, it's like you know, it's the coronation. Why, why, why aren't the flags up? And they're like, and he's like, come on, Rita, get it up. And he's like, uh, do you not have hands? <laughs> the way the way that Ted you know, says, Mister Connolly, uh, what gender is the Queen? Uh, she's a female. And do you suggest that the Queen does housework? No. Oh, so funny! Every every obviously, and then David like then get busy, get busy. I was like, uh, yeah, Rose's one's a bit more like, um, oh no, don't uncomfortable, don't. Um, but I do like the way she, I do like the way she says whatever. She's just like she's just like oh, crack on or whatever it is she says. And she's like, well, that uh, don't make that mistake again. Now get to it, get to it. <laughs> Everyone's delivery in this is amazing. oh Billy, and it's the way she like. She, she says it and then she like bites her lip and looks at 10 like, I just did that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's really hot. Um... But, not, but not to skip too forward, but I will for two seconds because I have to highlight this. 
when Ten leaves the house, because obviously he's trying to track down that taxi who's taking that per- uh, uh, Grandma Connolly away. And Rose is like checking out the telly, as she should, because she's noticed it. And that's a really important thing. And then Mr. Connolly's like, get out of my house. And she's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. And then she's like, all right. Thank you, uh, Tommy, Mrs. Connolly. And as for you, Mr. Connolly, only an idiot hangs the Union flag upside down. Shame on you. And then she does this smile and she just dips out of the fucking screen and just crawls away. It sends me every fucking time. It's so perfect. Yeah, I love it. She's definitely like, <laughs> I could get hit for this, actually. I'm just <laughs> just going to nope my way out of there. But don't you it's just so love Elliot? Don't you just love how she just, she just dips out of frame? It's great. Uh, yeah, it's like, my favourite thing. Yeah, like, it, it, it's almost the equivalent of if she'd sort of like, Swung her arms one way and then dashed off screen, leaving like a trail of go faster stripes behind her. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's perfection. Billy is honestly Billy is perfection in this episode, and it's a shame she's not in more of it. Um, yeah, but everyone's having so much fun. Even the way David says um, really mundane things, like when they are chasing the black car at first, and then it's like people disappearing in the middle of the day. This is Churchill's England, not Stalin's Russia. He just sounds really... I don't know, it's just weird. Everyone's slightly off, but in a great way. Do you know what? This episode has Boomtown energy, because the one-liners are going hard. Mm. Oh, yeah. And it's like, can you imagine this episode with Ten and Donna? Oh, my God, you wouldn't be able to get a fucking word in, would you? Although, even though it's fun and funny, Mm. I'd love this with Nine. Oh my god, Nine would be... He'd be even more brutal, I feel like. Yeah, can you imagine how he'd treat Mr. Conley? He'd be like, oh, shut up, you. He'd like tell him to shut up straight away. It would be great. But I do love... So going back for a second, I do really love when, obviously, they've had their fun and the doctor's like, okay, no, something's really going on here. And you can see Rita. The actress who plays Rita is wonderful. Um, And you can see she's really scared. And so is Tommy. Fun fact... Fun factoid for you. Uh, I'm getting. I'm giving it a factoid this week. Um, the guy who plays Tommy, first of all, had a crush on him when I was younger, one million percent. Every time I watch this episode, I used to have a crush on him. The guy's name is Rory Jen- Jennings, who's the actor. And fun fact, looked him up, and he is now a football YouTuber, and he's actually doing really well on YouTube. Oh, I like Tommy in this episode. It's good. I, yeah. Not enough to make me want to watch YouTube. Rory is... You know, uh, YouTube. No, no I don't watch Sorry. it. I just found his YouTube. Football. I mean, no, but I found his YouTube channel and I was like, what the hell? Yeah, I mean, honestly, fair play to him. Actually, sorry, you've just unlocked uh, another factoid that I've remembered. Go on. That even you don't know. Okay. Shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not as in because it's so much of a good factoid, as in something about my personal relationship with this uh, episode. Yeah. So in the scene where the whole family gathered around to watch the coronation, you got like a couple of those like kids in that avenue, sort of in the foreground, sort of sat cross-legged watching the uh, TV. Um, uh, I know one of those kids now uh, as a person who's like 24, uh, and I've been on a date with them. So there we are. Okay, I didn't know what you were going to say. Oh my God, that came out of nowhere. I thought you were going to say something else, because I have a factoid about that as well. But please tell me. I assume one of the separate ones, probably not the one that you have a factoid about, because they're not particularly factoidable. Uh, no, they just work. Um... I won't say where, but yeah, where I live, and um, met them where they work, and started talking about Doctor Who, and won the couple of dates, but yeah, wasn't particularly 
my vibe, but they're very nice, and I still sort of say hello to them if I go into where they work and stuff. So yeah, very nice. But they were just a child extra in the start of this episode. Well, I have another fun fact about that scene, real quick. Now that we're on it, so one of the kids in this scene, if uh, anyone's a Tortured fan, one of the girls in this scene, she was in the episode Small Worlds from series one. She played the little girl who played with the fairies. Oh, lovely, stunning! I didn't know that actually. Yeah, no, literally, I clocked her and I was like, "Oh, there you are! Amazing! What are you doing there?" Oh. So yeah, Rose and Ten, the way they comfort Rita and Tommy at the start when they go to the house, because Rose is like, you know, comforting Rita, which is so sweet. And then Ten is like, you know, tell me what's wrong. And she's like, oh, you're a doctor. Can you help her? And the doctor's like, yeah, no, I can help. And then they try and kick him out. And he's like, I know you're working for Korean and country, but this is my house. And that, that is what I love, where I think what they're able to do very interestingly is sort of take horrible, toxic misogyny and able to kind of fold it in on itself because of how much it intertwines with, like, disgusting patriotism. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, just to be able to wield the very idea of Queen and Country in front of this, like, pathetic, slimy man to make him completely yeah. double over to do whatever the hell you want is incredibly weird and clever and I really like it. Um I love it. I think it's really, really good. Yeah. And probably still quite relevant as well. No, it is. Um but then obviously you get that moment as well where when, you know, the doctor's like, I'm not listening and he's like, you know, you better tell me what's going on right now or you're gonna be in a deep dark pit of shit. Um we'll say David Spit was a character in this episode. <laughs> It really was. Something I think actually is very creepy because I think this episode tries to be a scary one and it's not really, but it is in some mm. places. And I've got no. to say, the not not knowing what the Nan looks like, but having her upstairs just kind of banging on the floor is really weird. Oh, God. It is really weird. Because it's just a bit like, oh, that's uncomfortable. Because they, they know it's Gran and they keep talking about her and they know that it's her, but like she's just hitting the floor. But it's not her. And And, like, and even then, Tommy's only just like, you know, her face, you know, what did they do to her face? You're just like, oh my god, and you've got Rita being like, I think she's hungry. It's like, what, what the hell is she? Turns out she just doesn't have a face, she's got a weird smooth face, but you know. I will say, I do think the no face thing still kind of holds up, to be honest. It's not a bad effect. It's really not, and when they do it later on with makeup as well, you know, when the Doctor's stuck in that little cage with them. Hmm. Really cool. But yeah, no, I, what I was saying was, you know how Mr. Connolly obviously is uh, putting this front on, and then even, but even this man as well, who is putting on this front and it's like nothing can faze me. Even that banging from her upstairs really sets him on edge. Alien, um, yeah. And then they go upstairs. Yeah, yeah. And then they go upstairs and obviously they see that she's got no bloody face and it's like, oh my God, what is going on? And then, you know, the henchmen come in and he's like, there are three brilliant reasons why you should listen to me. One, punch around. That's hell of a right hook. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't get, you see the toxic get just fucking very much but he he gets laid out by that it's insane um and then you know she gets taken away whatever and then you get that whole bit of rose but then it's like one thing i really enjoyed in this episode we'll get to the wire in a second i just want to get the main bulk done because i do want to talk about the wire um rose investigating on her own is something i need to see more and i wish i saw more of yeah and i wish it didn't inherently end in like her getting punished for it as well. 
I have a feeling maybe they had to write out Billy for a little bit or something. Oh, yeah, like she had holiday know. books or whatever, you know. Or something. Um, something that, yeah, you will discover when we get to, like, really early, um, like, Hartnell Doctor Who is because of the filming schedule. One week, you'll just, you'll watch an episode and you'll go, hmm, the Doctor wasn't in this one. You go, oh, it's because William Hartnell had holiday booked. And they just go, they just off screen, they just go, the Doctor's got a concussion. And then he's fine in the next one. Hilarious. It's like loads of episodes that he's not in. And it's great. You know, like in the 10th Planet, his final story, he's not in 10th Planet episode three because he had holiday books. Was it his birthday? They had time off for birthdays and everything. It's great. Which I encourage. Always give time off to your workers because oh, yeah. it's important. Um, But yeah, then she's like investigating on her own. I love that she walks in and she's like, I want to tell you the big day tomorrow. Uh... And it's like, I ain't leaving till I know what's going on here. But then it's like, when the door locks, that's when the mask slips. And it's like, you know, oh, actually, I'm a little bit scared now. But, you know, it's like, it's almost kind of like, you know, when the companion tries to act like the doctor a little bit. Do you think this episode is accidentally very smart? Because I don't think this is intended. Sorry, Mark. Do you think this episode is actually accidentally very smart, where it sort of has something to say about... uh, Eddie Connolly's sort of horrible, abrasive, toxic misogyny, but also something about Ten's perhaps assumed misogyny, where Rose has solved this whole thing in about two minutes. She's gone to the source of where the problem is. He won't listen to her or take her seriously. And he does kind of put her down a little bit when they're sort of chasing and you know, it's like, oh, that's what I like about you, the domestic approach. And then she goes, oh, thanks. Is that a compliment? And then he won't say anything. Like, I feel like maybe accidentally it draws some parallels about how even the Doctor's not safe from potentially being a bit misogynistic towards Rose yeah. and her abilities. I think that's entirely accidental. Yeah. don't think that this episode is that smart, but I think it's interesting. But no, but it's an interesting observation, to be honest. Yeah. Very interesting um, observation. What's interesting, though, is... I mean, Ten and Rose's relationship in this episode, I think this just highlights as well, because you you were talking about how they act towards each other. I agree with you when you say that, but then also I feel like in this episode we get a lot of... Like when Rose is... Spoiler, when her face is sucked off by the wire, feed me! Um, um, he It goes from the Doctor kind of being like, I'm having a bit of fun with this, but also want to know what's going on, to I'm going to fuck you up. Uh, it's insane the emotional switch that happens there. You know I love Broody Ten, and I love the way he sees it. And he's like, "Oh, this is this is dangerous." He's like, "Oh, how come?" He's like, "Because now, Detective Inspector Bishop, there is no power on earth that can stop me." And then, like, really moodily storms out of that fruit market, like with a really serious look on his face. I'm like, "Ah, oh, this is this is the Ten that I love." It's really romantic, isn't it? It is. I just love, I love how angry he gets all the time. It's, oh, it's good. But then also, I love how when he sees her skirt from peeking out from underneath the blanket that they put on her, and then or the sheet, whatever, and then like he's looking at Rose's, you know, dead face, just no face, um, and everything around them goes silent because he's in shock at what's just happened, which is really emotional. But then also, I think about 
a blooper that's one of my favorite bloopers from Doctor <laughs> Who when David and Billy are filming the scene and Billy's just standing there with dots on her face and they're just laughing because they're like, I can't do this. This is too funny. It would be so hilarious. It would be. Can you imagine if it was you and me? I'd be like, we're not doing this. This is not happening. Yeah, like it's really hard to act with someone when you have to sort of pretend either they're not there or they're something else, but you're staring into yeah. their face because things well, like not. This is not a, not a criticism, but you know she doesn't have to really do any performance either for that, right? Except just kind of stand there and look sort of still. So it's not like they're both in the moment really either. It's just David who's got to try and get into that moment. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, which is really hard. So well done, David. Also, um, really, it's almost like you're a professional. I'd imagine. Um, imagine. Also, really like that he's not just angry with that as well. He's just ang- he's angry at her being dumped on the street. They just took her and put her on the street. Wow. I want to talk about The Wire then. The hit single by Haim. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Great music video. Yes. Amazing, amazing women. Danielle breaking up with a weird guy. I'm gonna be hungover. I'm gonna be hungover. Love it. Um... (laughs) We're Haim girlies first and foremost. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Haim girlies. Haim. Um, so The Wire, uh, played by Maureen Lippman, what is it? It's looking camp right in the eye. Like, what the hell? What is she serving? <laughs> I love hearing that sound effect. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. No, honest to God, she is amazing. And the thing is, they've got her look so right. Like, she looks like she's from the past, like with her hair and makeup and everything. For me, as for you. a child, for me as a child, uh, I did think that because there are clips of the old fifty fifties TV shows playing. Um, try saying that five times too fast while you're drunk. Um, <laughs> and I thought, yeah, basically, I, I thought that through weird trickery um, and or um, really good makeup and prosthetics that. She was like a fifties TV host. You know what I mean? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like obviously, when this came out, two thousand six. Yeah, I was very young. To be fair, I did think she was also. I don't know. Yeah, I was really young. As I, I get what you mean. I I did think she was a little bit different. I, she just really plays the part well. She really embodies that kind of character. You know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, she's great. She's so great, and um, it's really funny because anytime she says. I'm hungry. It makes me think of my cat. Because <laughs> when she's hungry, she just goes, meow, 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 Your cat is the wire. I flipping love my cat so much. Don't, because I cry every time I think about her. And she loves me. Um, she, every time I voice note Elliot, which is a lot, at least five times a day, Darcy's there like, hello? Because she knows. She knows Darcy's my cat, she, by the way. Yeah. It's because you know, she knows she hasn't met me yet, but that she will love me. Exactly. Um, also, your voice is quite soothing, I think. I'm good with cats. Her. You really are. No, you really The are. nicest thing anybody's ever said to me was the last time I came to see you and your partner told me that I was amazing with cats. Because we both tried to approach a cat in the wild and it ran away from your partner but came straight to me. There you go. I was the like, proof I was is like in wow, the pudding. Yeah. 
I am good with cats. Um, but you know, I like the way when she says I'm hungry. It's almost the equivalent of when Cassandra says moisturize me. It's like really cool and funny. I like it. Yeah, and I can't tell if it's intended to be camp or not, but I enjoy it. Hungry. Feed me. Insane. Feed me. Well, we were fed. <laughs> oh no, we were fed. <laughs> I'll have lashings of him. I'll have lashings of him. <laughs> Delicious. <gasps> More in He's armed. Time withdraw. Withdraw. Uh, yeah, I like this. This withdraw. It's so weird. Oh, God. She's just amazing. And it's like, yeah. I just, I think the why is a very interesting thing. So it's like, so this alien life form was able to come back into this digital form and kind of manifest itself into this face of this so the actual woman who's on telly in this uh, reality, I guess, and that it's using her face to disguise itself. I have to say, though, question for you. Hmm. I feel really bad for Magpie, and I know he's a bit of a dick because it's like you didn't have to say yes. You could have got your face taken off. You know, you could have saved a lot of people trouble. But also it's like, I just feel bad because obviously he's also losing money and selling these TVs is getting him money as well and business. He is a victim in all of this. And his 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 de- his you know his demise is very sad. Yeah. Um yeah, and I like the I like the performance as well. Yeah, Magpie feels very real and relatable. Yeah. It's very yeah, I just feel bad for him, you know. I feel really bad for him. Yeah. Um of course, something happens later. The only thing Magpie or I go yeah. mm, is I don't know if Magpie conceivably would be able to even climb up the tower at Ali Pally. He looks no, looks yeah. way too unable to do that. But who cares? Yeah, that that whole tower scene is a bit over the top, but it is fun. It's the wind howling. Um, it gives me vibes of uh, Daleks in Manhattan. You know, those New Yorkers being like, I can't walk up here. I'm freezing my hands off. Hey, Joey. I can't work up here. Hey, Joey, I might slip and fall. Hey. <laughs> sorry to anyone who's from Brooklyn or in New York or whatever. I'm very sorry. But crucially, those men in, in that episode are also definitely from South Wales and doing bad accents as well, so it's fine. I'm doing bad versions of their bad accents. Hey, Mr. Diagoras, once all this done. Hey. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> You're Dalek masters. I do quite like the way they say Dalek. Laszlo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and an H. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> love Tallulah. Anyway, um, question: Did mm-hmm. tell me what you think about me? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. <sighs> Lord. So, did the wire taking people's faces off? Did that remind you of the Dementors? Because it really reminded me of Dementors in Harry Potter. Gotta say, didn't make the connection at the time, but now you said it, yes, massively. Can you not? You can't. You can't unsee it now, can you? No, and I mean, you know, I guess this was two thousand six, and what Prison of Azkaban is two thousand three. So, yeah, is it two thousand three? I think it is two thousand three, isn't it? Well, it's like because their souls, their souls get taken as well when um when the wire takes their you know sucks their faces off. It's insane. Direction listeners, the best Harry Potter film, Prison of Azkaban, directed by the wonderful Alfonso Cuarón, was released in two thousand four. But yeah, no, it's it's insane how much it reminded me of them. And every time I see it, it reminds me of Dementors. Um, obviously, the effect isn't as good. But, um... oh, Elliot, did you know that Billy Piper wrote Harry Potter? And yeah, and did you know, maybe if they all ate chocolate after the Y got them, they'll be fine. I mean, you probably would have to try and smush it really hard into their like flat faces. Yeah. 
It'd be fine. Yeah. Eat this. You'll feel fine. better. Yes, thank you, Lupin. Are you going to like help or not? No, just eat chocolate. Okay. Just eat chocolate you, and get out of here. Good to have um, a word with the conductor. Eat it. You'll feel better. Oh dear. But yeah, um, thank you, Billy Pub, for writing Harry Potter. We really appreciate it. Um, fuck J.K. Rowling. Anyway, um, any opportunity to say that, I will say it. Uh, fuck Joan. Don't know your other one. Rowling for being a. C- but yeah, so I feel like. I do really like the whole thing of like how the wire kind of connects everyone's TV, takes people's faces off, and the whole like portable TV thing that was sending me as well. It was so funny. And then like obviously Ten licking it again, you know. Yeah, of course he has to lick it. He's he's sensory. He's so sensory. Yeah, a lot a lot of inventing happens in this episode. They invent the portable TV and Ten invents Betamax. It's insane. Like sorry, I don't I've like I said it's insane so many times, but everything is insane. It's um, insane. I do it's insane. Same, darling. Um, I also really love how when they did the Grandma Connolly figure, you could get the wire portable TV with the figure. Like that really makes me happy, and I'm glad they did it. Yeah. Love. I do really, really love the finale of this. I love how Tommy comes to help the Doctor as well, and how Tommy just has a fat old go at his dad. It's great. Tommy's the one who saves the day. Yeah. I mean, look. I do feel like Tommy was underutilized just a tad. I feel like he could have been a bit more prominent in this, but same. But then say, he's also then the one who, without him changing the bulb around and plugging the thing in, it wouldn't have worked. Exactly. But but that's because he's a fan of TVs and he knows this kind of thing, you know? He's good. He's a good character. And yeah, I do like his little stand-up to his dad. You know, he's like, you know, you were supposed to be fighting against fascism and look at you, you're doing exactly that. You're being a fascist and you're not, you know, you're you're inhibiting me from doing what I want to do. And, and it is very yeah. it is very relevant as well because all of the people who hero worship the second world war yeah are the british far right yeah you know not to say also that everybody who does you know, rightfully have immense time and respect for people who sacrifice their lives in the second world war on the british far right but the loudest voices about it always come from the british far right yeah you know people that shut up about it and do you know what makes me laugh the most do you know what makes me laugh the most the people who are very very much that Half of them weren't even in the war. And it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got some memory of like their granddad doing it. And then they're like, oh, what, you, what, you know you, what, I mean? what your generation needs um, is a good war. It's like, well, you didn't fight in one, did you? Yeah, shut the fuck up. And also, stop. Just stop it. Stop it. We're getting political. Today oh, on we're Come Along Pond, we're asking Britain, are you are you okay? Everything all right? <laughs> today, today on Come Along Politics... Um, <laughs> Come on, pond politics. There you go. It's a spin-off a show. Podcast. We've got a host of politics show. But yeah, no, I honestly think I really like the finale of this. I really like how you know they're climbing up that satellite or whatever. Yeah, it's the, and it's the, the the broadcast tower at Alexandra Palace, isn't it? It's so. Do you know what? It's so brutal. Magpie. I know I spoke about it a second ago, but Magpie's demise is so sad when he's like, "You said you would give me peace." Then peace you shall have. And then he gets fucking electrocuted to fuck and just like dies. It's so sad. She tries to electrocute. It's really, really horrible. It is, it is. But she tries to electrocute 10. But he has rubber souls. Swear by him. Swear by him. So it just makes you think of the Beatles album. Every time I hear rubber souls. Yeah. But yeah, I was like. Same, so, same, same. Rubber souls. Swear by him. Love Converse, just saying. I, I always have a pair of Converse. Fair. I, I don't. Um, 
You should. Mm, I have a pair of Vans. Also, if you're going to get Converse, you have to get the 70s classics. Just saying, the soul is way, way better. I really love, though. So, going to the end for a second, I really love the reunion between Ten and Rose. It's so romantic. It's so sweet. And it fills my heart with joy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't really remember much of their reunion other than it just being nice and having like a little, little hug. It's very sweet. Well... Ten walks out and sees loads of the people with their faces back and his face is looking really kind of almost nervous and like excited. And then he sees Rose from afar and she like has this massive ear to ear grin and they run towards each other and hug, you know, you know, uh, not Journey's End, uh, Stolen Earth vibes, you know, except without the Dalek. I think I mostly remember Tommy and his grand's one. That one's really cute. But then it's like, the reason I remember Ten and Rose as well is because Ten is grinning so hard that his like cheeks are like pressing against <laughs> her jacket and he's like, he's so happy. Oh. I just remember her being like... Adorable. What? Oh, it's... It's it's my grandson. Like, she's already been... Talk- she's already been talking to the people there. Being like, oh, I've got a grandson. I don't know where he is. So cute. Yeah. So cute. But then you get that lovely scene with R- Rita going, this was never your house. It's in my mother's name. Now get it. I like that. Hashtag don't, get, don't, don't take him back. Don't take him back. Yeah. Nope. As even lovely Rita gets a little satisfying conclusion. But do you not feel like, because obviously Rose encourages Tommy to go and like get his dad back, which she, sh- which she shouldn't have done. Sorry, Rose. No, I, but I, no. I, hate, I hate it. It completely undercuts everything the episode was working towards. Like, you know, I get how Rose feels because obviously her dad, she would give anything to be of her dad. But here's the difference. Pete Tyler's not a dick and doesn't call and doesn't call Rose's grandma a disgusting, filthy thing. Like, even, you know, oh, I love the way he says that, by the way. It's so, so camp. She was a thing. He's like, hair is flopping about the place. It's mad, isn't it? Like, if, if I wouldn't mind it, if. It was Tommy who, even if he just sort of made like a quick little thing of being like, like he, yeah, he, he can be, he can be a good person, you know, maybe, maybe deep down. And then Tommy goes off of his own accord yeah. and takes the suitcase off him. Because I do quite like that it's still bittersweet. They don't have like a reconnection. He just takes the suitcase and it's that little gesture. But yeah, I don't like the fact that it's all framed as this sort of like, ah, oh, he's an all right bloke, really. It's like, no, no, he's not. He was he was going to beat you for liking your mum too much. It's fucking weird. And also, it's like, obviously, they're still walking away at the end and he's still leaving. But I have this vibe that he that Rita's going to take him back and the vicious cycle will start all over again. I'm hoping that isn't what happened. Although I doubt Gran would allow it this time. No. I'm hoping that, like, even if he has a relationship with his dad, that Rita's not involved in any way because she deserves better. She does. She fucking does. But yeah, don't take him back. Just because someone's your blood doesn't mean that uh, you need to give them space in your life. If somebody, literally, if someone's related to you and they're toxic and they are nothing but horrible to you and they're giving you grief in your life, just because they're related to you by blood does not mean you need to give them the time of day. Just thought I'd say that. No, I I wholeheartedly agree. You can always try and reach out, but if it never works, there is nothing inherently wrong with deciding that your life is better without that person involved in it because i'm not being funny why are you giving why would you ever give space to someone who drains you of, of positivity and makes you feel like crap just because it's like oh it's that whole age old saying of like oh uh, blood is thicker than water bullshit i call bullshit on that so hard i hate that saying whoever made up that saying fuck you it's also sometimes you know time apart is really good and really healing 
was a thing. A filthy, disgusting thing. How can you call someone that? that? Do you know what I mean? Like That is just horrid. Yeah. Also, that woman is letting you live in her house. Like, just because you're the man of the house doesn't mean it's your house. Like, actually have some respect, you twat. God, I hate Mr. Connolly. I really do. Yeah. It's just a squatter. One last thing I want to say. That orange squash at the end, whatever it is, squash, orange juice. I think it's squash because it's not orangey enough. It's quite yellow in tone. It looks quite cold, quite icy. It looks like squash. I'm going to say it's squash. It looks mouthwateringly good. Every time they clink that glass, I'm like, oh, can I have a sip? Because that looks really nice. <laughs> Before we completely finish this episode, I just want to have a few little... I've got a few little random things I just want to shout in there. Um, when Ten has been... Ar- not arrested, but caught uh, in that little cage. And they're like, don't get clever with me. And he's like, Detective Inspector, whatever his name is. And he's like, how do you know my name? And he's like... It's written on your collar. Bless your mum. <laughs> <laughs> David's so good. He's so good. Yeah, there's there's so many like weird little bitchy lines he has of him. Is he like he's like there seems like there's been an awful lack of detecting and inspecting. <laughs> yeah. And then like um the comment about uh Jackie going out with a sailor and he's like, Yeah, bet she did. Yeah, I, I have the, sailor. the exact thing written down. Um Oh, where is it? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a Rose just goes, Mum went out of a sailor, and then the doctor goes, Oh, I bet she did. But anyway, my lovely, that brings us to the end of this episode. We've been fed. <laughs> I know you've already made that joke, but I'm saying it again. Um, for you, for me, what was your what was your standout moment? Not necessarily an individual moment, um, but something I guess I didn't get to mention. I actually really like the cold opens to this episode. It's sort of weirdly actually quite brooding and menacing. Mm. With like the weird, is, the weird purple lightning and then there's that shot of like uh, Eddie after he leaves the house and it's like raining and he's got that sort of noir look because he's got all the Mac and the fedora on but it's like hammering it down with rain you got the lightning strikes. I'll see Magpie getting his face like sucked off. I think it's actually just a really cool little like oh, quite a broody intro that maybe leads you to think the episode's going to be scarier than it is but i think it's a a nice little creepy opening i really like when uh he's like asleep because he's counting all his like you know debt and stuff and he falls asleep and then she goes yoohoo magpie can you hear me and it's like oh my god go away it's so weird you what mate (laughs) but what is your standout moment Easy. Uh, Rose and Ten confronting Mr. Connolly in his own house. Amazing. That whole scene. Amazing. Oh, stunning. Stunning. You know what? You know what my favourite is? Rose and Ten back in the day with feminism. Oh, stunning. Stunning. I was going to say the same. I was going to say the same thing. (laughs) God, love Emma Darcy and Olivia Cook. Love those people. So... What didn't work for you in this episode, then? Um, the real one doesn't require too much detail, because it's probably what we talked about at the end. Um, yeah. With Tommy just being encouraged to go back to his dad. I just don't enjoy it. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, someone who's had uh, issues with their own family and stuff, you know, it, it's not a, a great message to end on. But what is a moment that didn't work for you? To be honest, there isn't much that didn't work for me in this episode, but there's 
uh, except so the, you said one of them, which is the message that they give at the end of like, you know, just uh, so if someone's your family member, you should give them the benefit of the doubt, which is bullshit. And I don't agree. Um, my main thing, though, is Magpie's motivation to do what he's doing. I feel like we needed a little bit more. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just a bit more. Just because if you're out of, if you're in debt, I feel like you don't need a malevolent alien force to tell you that selling TVs for a five or a go will bring you more TVs. But also, you've got to wonder about the overheads you know, on those. Surely you can't make it a profit. Exactly. So... What was your most doctory moment? And there was quite a few in this, I feel like. Um, most tenth doctory, so most consistent with this current incarnation at this point in time, is definitely the brooding freak out about Rose. Like, there's lots of little moments that I I, I like, but it's it's got to be that, like, yeah. And there are probably other moments that make him feel more like the Doctor in general, but this is that. So it's peak. Tenth Doctor for Series 2. Yeah, no, mine's exactly the same, babe. Now you've made me angry and I'm going to walk around brooding because you've taken my girlfriend away. Magpie! It's when he's like, um, when he's like banging on the bell. It's like like Hector Salamanca. He's, the passion is oozing. (laughs) But you know, the passion is oozing out of his every pore and it's great. Oh yeah. Um, So, we're going to try and keep this brief. But favourite quote... Actually, I think uh, I think it might be brief because I think you did um, you did mention one of mine a couple of times. So I'm oh, gonna... did I? No, no, oh, yeah, no, it's say fine. It, say it. Anyway. No, no, no. It would have been. It probably would have been the uh, the sailor. Um, okay, well, one that really sent me completely out of context is when they're in the uh, when the Doctor Tommy and uh, Detective Inspector Bishop are in Magpie's shop and they're yeah. trying to work out the wires plan. And then Tennant sort of forming in his head. He's like, it's like, oh my God, the most watched event in TV history, of course. And then it detects respect to Bishop out of nowhere. goes, Doctor, the coronation. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, <laughs> we, we got it. We got it. We, all, we know, darling. We all we got know. it. But he gives it so much passion. It's like, Doctor, the coronation. The coronation. Love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, also quite like Ten pretending to be it's like the King of Belgium. Shouldn't you be at the coronation? They've saved me a seat. It's so good. I love it. But yeah, very, very ludicrous ones, but I enjoyed them. What's your favourite line? Real quick before I say mine, one standout moment I also have is uh, David's hair in this episode, because my God, it looks amazing. It's a standout and a stand-up moment. Anyway, my favourite quote, I have one silly one and one serious one. I feel like that's just, I feel like that's just how it goes now. Yeah. First one is, rubber soles, swear by them. Yeah. It's the way David says it. If David didn't say it in that way, then it wouldn't even be on the list. I feel like we need to introduce a new segment, which is like, favourite tenant uh, pronunciation yeah. of, the ep- of the episode. Best thing that tenant says, because he does have some great pronunciations. He does. But then um, I have a quote from The Wire, which I really liked. Uh, when she says, this world of yours is busy, 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 forging ahead into a brand new age. You can never go back. That's your tragedy. Controversial take. I'd actually quite like to see the wire come back. That would be really fun. That would be really fun. Like take like if the wire took over a ship or something, like the controls on a ship mm. or something along those lines. I don't know. Even in like a contemporary Earth setting, with the amount of devices and stuff we have, which I know sounds very boomer. I, I guess it's it'd be kind of similar to like Bells of Saint John, I guess. I mean, imagine that episode would have been a lot better with the wire, I think. Yeah. Yeah, imagine that episode, but 
good. Hey, 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 so, don't hate on Clara in that episode. I like series 7B. You know this. It's my favourite yeah, no, we're, Smith we're, 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 big, we're big. But Bells yeah. of St. John is not great. Yeah, we'll get there. Save it. I'm, I'm, I'm saving my thoughts on that. Um. Anyway, so my love. Out of five, because we rate every episode out of five on this podcast, what would you rate The Idiot's Lantern out of five? So I've struggled with this in my head really badly. I'm going to go for my patented halfway mark of a 2.5. Okay. Where I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, It's just not... It never feels feels more than the sum of its parts. It could be a lot better. I'm having so much fun while watching it. But I, I don't think it's actually quality, if that makes sense. You know, I don't think it's don't think it's good, but I'm having fun. So it's like exactly half marks. You know, and all of those half marks are from just being fun and enjoyable. But then, yeah, some things about messaging and other things do let it down for me ever so slightly. Yeah, definitely Mark's best TV story though. We should tell you something about how I'm going to view the rest of them. No, 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 no. I totally agree. Um, I mean, that's not my rating. My rating is uh three and a half out of five. Fair. So a little bit higher for me. I was gonna, I was gonna land on a three, but I don't know. It just felt slightly too generous. So that brings the curtains down on another episode of Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast. I think that was pretty, pretty great. If you didn't, I don't value your opinion. Ha. So it's me, the bad man with the admin. Let's discuss everything. It's you. Hi, uh, you're the problem. It's you. Oh my god, it's me. So. You can support the show if you want to on Patreon. We have one tier. It is £3. It is the companion tier. What do you get? You get a shout-out on the show. That's why I'm shouting out Bulldozer, 7113, River, Transgold, Aubrey, and Lewis. They have all pledged to us, and we really appreciate it. Do you want to support us? Bloody, we would welcome it. But you don't have to, just by doing what you're doing right now, which is presumably listening to the show and enjoying yourself. That is already doing us a massive favour. As per usual... You can rate, review us. All of that does help as well. I don't want anyone ever to feel pressured into giving us money. But if you want to feel like you're supporting us in a different way, bloody get in touch with us via email. The email is comealongpondpod at gmail.com. And if you are a beautiful person like Zach, like Elle, like Emily, we will read your email out and tell you how much we love you. So that's a really good way to get involved. If you have questions, anything you want to put in those emails, we will answer them. Similarly, we are on TikTok at Come Along Pond Podcast. You can't really miss us. Your bloody video feed is probably bloody full of us all the time because you can't escape us because we are uploading so much. Little clips from the show. Us having fun. Us being silly. Stories when we upload new episodes. My God, it's a bloody feast over there. One of us are almost at 100k. It's insane. Go and support it. Big, big love. TikTok's not your vibe because you're 90 like I am. You can always follow us on Instagram. That is at Come Along Pond Podcast. Over there, we post fun little stories, fun little posts when episodes go alive. So that's probably the best place to look for updates. Uh, we also repost the TikToks over there as well as little Instagram video vignette things. We also reply to DMs over there as well. Twitter is back up and active. So if Twitter's more of your vibe, which I mean, God, I feel sorry for you. You can also see updates for episodes over there. We're trying to be slightly more active, but at least once a week you'll be able to see when an episode is out and what episode we are talking about. We're also on YouTube. That is Come On Pond Podcast. Again, you can't really miss us. Uh, the Twitter handle is Come On Pond DW because someone stole it. Very soon, 
we're also going to have a wonderful Facebook group for everybody. Maybe by the time this is active. We are. It's a pet project. So go on there and like, we want to just discuss with everyone. It'll be really fun. Absolutely. Instead of having to talk to you all individually in DMs, which we love, we'd love to have a bit more of an open forum. So feel free to get your butt on over there. With all of that being said and done, don't think there's anything else to plug. Excellent. Well, it's been lovely talking to you, Dama. Same to you, my lovely. Always have the best time. Absolutely. Highlight of the evening. Incidentally, it's been very lovely talking to all of you at home as well. Thank you so much for listening. And we give you air from our lungs. <sighs> Goodbye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye now. Bye. I am done talking. And they are done listening, babe. My God. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.